Welcome to the Tony Scott Show on this uh, gorgeous day. And well, there's a lot to get into politically. I mean, that's towards the end of the show because there's a lot to unpack there in the last just couple of days, maybe even a couple of hours. I'm just saying. But the, we do have to start somewhere. And uh, why don't we talk about Tisha Martin, Tisha Campbell Martin. She was a co-host on The Real. And they, they brought a woman on the show named Ellen Lindsay. And Ellen Lindsay was brought on the show under the guise of connecting with a sibling she had never met before. So there's that. Who was the sibling, though? That's the question. Who were they talking about? Well, it turns out that Tisha Campbell was a sister. But before she told her she was her sister, Tisha says, here's what I would do if I were you. I know what I would tell my sister. I hope you like me. I'm your sister. I'm your sister. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All this time you've been watching Martin and that's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's Lonnie Love who made that comment. Uh, the episode aired like last week. That's pretty cool, though, to find out that you have a sibling like that who's long. I've known a few people who have found out later in life they had a sibling they didn't know about. An ex-boss of mine went through that with uh, a young man, and they have a relationship. Some people can make a relationship out of that. Some people cannot. It's too much for them or the, the circumstances surrounding how this sibling came into life. Uh, is sometimes a problem too. But you, you got to pray on it and you got to realize that the sibling didn't do anything wrong. The sibling didn't ask to be born. The sibling is a product of whatever happened, good, bad, or whatever. And you, more times than not, are doing everybody an injustice when you take the negative approach to that. I'm just saying. Nipsey Hussle's family has been granted custody of his 10 year old daughter. Uh, it, it's all over. The judge granted immediate custody of 10 year old Amani to Nipsey's mother his sister, and his brother, Sam. The judge said they displayed enough evidence to prove their claims that Imani's birth mother, Tanisha, is unfit to have Imani full-time. Now, Tanisha must have known what was going down because on the day of the judge's decision, she posted a throwback photo of her and Nipsey as well as a photo of her and Imani and wrote, I miss you. Uh, Nipsey's youngest child, of course, his son, Cross, with Lauren London, is, uh, well, going to be taken care of by Lauren London. They're set to inherit, reportedly, like a million dollars each what is that that's a lot of money that's plenty of money for everybody if you when you're that young and if you are uh in charge of someone who has that kind of money you have to invest it you have to make put that money to work so that they have no problems growing up they can go to college they can be set up with whatever they want to do moving forward i hope i'm not telling you nothing you don't know i think you probably already know that uh what else is going on Beyonce was ranked as the second most beautiful woman in the world. This according to the uh, Golden Ratio of Beauty. They use the uh, facial cosmetic surgeon Dr. Julian De Silva's method. Beyonce ranked at 92.44%. They said Beyonce ran a close second, scoring the highest marks for the shape of her face and getting very high scores for her eyes, her brow area, and her lips. Uh, Dr. Silva says Beyonce looks incredible as she approaches her 40s. She had a new perfect score for her face shape, but it was marked mark down for her eyebrows and chin. Number one, supermodel Bella Hadid, who, by the way, is very beautiful. She had the highest score, according to the Golden Ratio overall reading, for her chin. 
99.7%.3% away from being the perfect shape. Dr. Silva said Bella Hadid is a worthy winner with stunning facial symmetry and a chin only 0.3% away from perfection. She came in second for eye positioning. She is one of the new generation of supermodels and could dominate the profession for the next decade with her stunning looks. Her biggest weakness is in the eyebrow area. You know what? Beyonce is beautiful beyond words. Bella Hadid is beautiful beyond words. I don't think there's any first and second place to do that. I think is is really trying to start. You're trying to start some mess. That's what you're trying to do. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. You're just trying to start some mess, man. That's all. That's that's what it is. Uh, Sean Stockman from Boys to Men uh, jumped into the uh, Gina Rodriguez controversy. Gina Rodriguez is an actress, and she recorded herself on video on her phone singing uh, Ready or Not by the Fugees, the unedited version, the one with the N-word in it, and she sang the N-word, and she's been getting dragged for singing the N-word. She's a Puerto Rican young lady. No one dragged Jennifer Lopez when she did that song with Ja Rule, I'm Real, and she said the N-word. No one's dragged uh, Fat Joe, who's Puerto Rican. He uses the N-word. No one's dragged uh, DJ Khaled. No one's dragged French Montana. Why is this woman being dragged? Well, Sean Stockman says she needs to get a pass, and here's why. As far as I'm concerned, she's Latina, right? Yeah. Latina, black. <laughs> like a, lot, a, lot, a lot of people don't acknowledge that. Yeah, she's, Puerto Puerto she's black. This okay. she's, from a, uh, uh, she's from Puerto Rico. Like Puerto Ricans, uh, Cubans, yeah. Dominicans, Mexicans, believe it or not. They all, we all, we all here. Like, so, just look at the history. Do we give her a pass and yes. some forgiveness? Yes. Yes. Easy. Yeah. Wow. She's cool. She's Latina. She's Latino. Latin people, if you go to Puerto Rico right now, there are people that are dis my shade right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That audio is courtesy of uh, TMZ. So, Snoop Dogg says he employs a professional blunt roller who has impeccable timing. Snoop Dogg was on Howard Stern, and he says he has a PBR, as he calls it, on the job. And his only job is to roll and provide blunts to his entourage when they need him. Snoop says he pays the employee between forty and fifty thousand dollars a year, a year, and says the blunts are exactly when he needs one. He's like Lurch from the Adams Family. Snoop says you rang. <laughs> he says that MF's timing is impeccable. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right then. <laughs> Tamron Hall. Uh, on her her new TV show, her talk show, she admitted to facilitating the selling of cocaine with a college boyfriend back in the day. It shocked the audience. It shocked producers. Producers were so shocked that they edited out the clip from the show. Now, Tamron Hall released a statement and says, quote, during an interview with prison rights advocate Topeka Sam, I heard I shared a story about a bad situation I got myself into when I was 19 years old. I never dealt drugs. I'm now nearly 50 years old and was reflecting on a bad judgment call that could have turned worse. I say before the grace of God, there go I. It was part of an open and honest conversation about women, incarceration, and mistakes made. For legal reasons, a portion of that segment was edited from the show. I hope my show can be a forum for sharing stories without shame or judgment, including the conversation we're having on opioid addiction. Now, she followed that up like a day or so later and says, I'm not, I never dealt drugs. Well, you know what? Yeah, you did. You know, if you if you 
facilitated with your boyfriend a drug sale. That's just a fancy word for saying that you connected two people to 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 uh, get a drug deal done. That's basically what you did. So, yeah, you did. It's like if you are me and three other guys go on a crime spree, go riding and, and one of them shoots somebody else and I'm with them when it happens, I get charged with murder. You're, you're guilty by association. So, you know, and, and for legal reasons, they added it out. Why, why, what legal reasons? What legal reason is there to edit something like that out? Is it to save you from yourself? Now, don't get me wrong. I love Tamron Hall. I think she is beyond talented. But I mean, come on, man. You put it out there. You put it out there. I'm just saying you you put it out there. Public service announcements, suicide attempts among black teens have increased within the past two decades, according to a new study, according to an article published by the journal Pediatrics. The study found that from 1991 to 2017, self-reported suicide attempts have decreased for all America's youth except African-Americans. The number of black children that attempted suicide went up by went up by 73 percent between 1991 and 2017. That's crazy. Man, and they also the study also spoke about uh, a spike in black boys who have uh, injured themselves while attempting suicide. The researchers behind this study offer suggestions for the increase. They say historically, mental health treatment has been stigmatized by the African-American community. Also, black children are less likely to receive mental health treatment than their white kid counterparts. Now, if you know of someone, maybe it's yourself, having suicidal thoughts, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is always there, 1-800-273-8255. You can always Google that number, 1-800-273-8255. You can also text HOME to the crisis text line at 741741. Or you can go to suicidepreventionlifeline.org. There's that. Uh, what about the woman in Texas, Natalie Sims, who says that a Texas police officer removed her tampon during a vaginal search on a public street? They're going to have to write a check to her for $205,000. This went down in San Antonio. Natalie Sims says police performed a vaginal search on a public street that included the removal of her tampon. According to her lawyer, Dean Malone, the case was close to trial when a lawyer for the police department suggested mediation. Her lawyer says no amount of money could compensate Natalie for what she has gone through. She feels a piece of her was taken away that cannot be restored. Uh, According to the lawsuit, she was sitting on a curb waiting for her boyfriend. This is in August of 2016 when cops approached and accused her of possessing illegal drugs. Why? Because she's Natalie Sims sitting on a curb in San Antonio. Knowing she possessed no drugs, Natalie Sims consented for them to search her car. And a female cop was called to the scene. Natalie Sims made a respectful complaint when the officer focused her attention on her workout shorts, underwear and genital area. The officer was, quote, undeterred as she pulled open Natalie's pants and underwear and used her flashlight to look at the area around and including that covered by pubic hair and a portion of Natalie's vagina. This according to the lawsuit. Disgustingly and in clear violation of Natalie's constitutional rights, Officer Mara Wilson chose to reach into Natalie's pants, pull the string attached to a tampon, which was present in Natalie's vaginal cavity. Officer Wilson was not confused at all about what she saw when she chose to shine her flashlight into and ultimately thrust her hand into the part of Natalie's body, which was most intimate. This is the lawsuit I'm reading to you. Natalie had not consented to such a search. It took place with multiple male officers nearby. No drugs were found on Natalie Sims. 
police, here's the thing, police contested this. They said a body cavity search, they say the, the removal of a tampon is not a body cavity search because there's no penetration. That's what they went with. And then I think the uh, police department said, you know what, get the checkbook out because this is not going to end well. Let's just, let's just keep this moving. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know about people today, especially police. I don't know. And the thing is, is it so the police are supposed to be your friend? You're supposed to be able to trust them? How are you going to pull a girl's tampon out in the middle of the street in front of everybody? And think there's, some, there's nothing wrong with that. Suspects have rights. People have rights. Just saying. I'm just saying. Lori Harvey has rights. Steve Harvey's stepdaughter, 22 years old, allegedly arrested over the weekend in Beverly Hills. They say she was in a car accident and is said to have crashed her Mercedes SUV into another car. She flipped her car over. The driver of the other car helped pull her out from her car because Lori's car was on its side. And allegedly, Lori Harvey tried to leave the scene. A source claims that Lori had been texting and driving. According to the Beverly Hills Police Department, Lori was arrested on two counts, misdemeanor hit and run, and delaying a police investigation. They don't think she was intoxicated. She was arrested for those two charges, and she was released on the scene. See, there's, there's that kind of privilege, too. You talk about white privilege. There's also a degree of celebrity privilege. She was not booked. She identified herself properly. She signed a written uh, statement promising to appear in court. Had to scare the hell out of her. I get, I get it. I understand. I, I, got a, I got young daughters and I, they're adults, but you know, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. But see, this texting thing, it's, gotten out, it's been out of hand for so long. We have to stop texting and driving. I don't know how many times I'm going down the highway and I am, I'm blown away by a car zooming past me and I look over and they're texting and driving. They're texting and driving. They're, they're, they're going out of their lane, too. And they think that they're not doing anything wrong. You are doing something wrong. You're putting my life in jeopardy. Now, I mean, you don't care about your life. That's your business. But you are putting your life in jeopardy, too. But you're putting my life, the life of my loved ones, you're putting them in jeopardy. Stop texting and driving. Oh, I know what I'm doing. No, you don't. You're a damn liar. You do not know what you're doing. Because if you knew what you were doing, you wouldn't do something that's stupid. I'm just saying. Oh, man. Oprah, uh, <laughs> Oprah is something. Oprah bought a Morehouse student a new phone because she teased him about his cracked screen when she was there. Remember when she gave them another $30 million a couple weeks ago? Well, while she was there, somebody saw her in a car. They go, Oprah Winfrey. They try to get a selfie with it and all that. And she goes, yeah, it's me. It's Well, you know what? Listen to this. Oprah, hey, that's me. That's me and your cracked phone. <laughs> That audio courtesy of Instagram, and I imagine she probably felt kind of bad about that, so she, she bought, them, bought the young man the iPhone 11. She says, you're going to love the camera for sure. She sent him a note. We can't have you out here viewing the world through a cracked screen or a cracked cover. The new camera you're going to love for sure. Oprah is just the bomb. <laughs> Oprah, Oprah is all that. I mean, she really is, and I think that that is so, so cool. What else? CeCe Peniston is accusing... Lizzo of copying part of her 1992 smash, Finally. She says that Lizzo stole the infamous Ya Ya E, part of the song for her single, Juice. The song is featured in Lizzo's Cause I Love You album, 
and also on an absolute commercial. And CC posted about it on social media for everybody who thought I was exaggerating on my claims of copyright infringement. Please go check out the article. I'm the third person who has said something. Just for the record, so you understand, anytime anybody uses a song over seven seconds that's using a portion of their copyright, Lizzo not only takes over that, she's used several times, adding up to about 40 seconds. It's my lyric. It's written down as well. It's a signature, the opening of my song, Finally. And all commercials are using it from the ad-lib section because they know it's catchy. So not just to ad-lib. It's, she says it's a check. Now let's check out uh, CeCe Peniston right here. All right, so that is uh, CC Penance and courtesy of AM Records. And here is Lizzo's song. Uh, and see if it's got that yay yay in it. That cut is courtesy of Atlantic Records. What do you think? I think I think it's just, yeah. I, to me, and I'm going to admit. I mean, I'll admit first before anybody. I don't know squat about the law and music, really. <laughs> Maybe I know more than I'm admitting to, but uh, that sounds very similar to me. Not the music, but just the, the phrase. The, you got to take the music out of it, and if you're a Lizzo fan, you got to take the emotion out of it. And if you're a CC Peniston fan, you got to take the emotion out of it. But you can't, it's, it's there. Cut the check. I mean, come on, man. I don't know if, I don't know if CeCe's going to sue or not. I don't even know if she owns the song, if she's, a, you know, if she's even in the position to sue. I have no idea. But as far as similarity, oh, yeah. So I don't know if you heard about this in Wisconsin where a, uh, a student became verbally abusive as the school guard Marlon Anderson was escorted him out of the school. The student repeatedly used the N-word. Marlon Anderson repeatedly used N-word in his request to get the student to stop using such language. He said, don't call me that. Don't call me the N-word and don't call me N-word. But he, instead of using the N-word, he used the word. This is what Marlon Anderson told the student. Marlon was fired after this happened. He was fired because they say they have a zero tolerance policy for uh, racial slurs. There's no con- no context. Zero tolerance means there's no context allowed. You use it, you're done. Right? Student protests, demands for reinstatement. The Madison, Wisconsin Metropolitan School District says that Marlon Anderson uh, went against zero policy, zero tolerance policy, and, and used the word. A local teachers union said he would file a grievance on his behalf. He says he intends to sue if he doesn't get his job back. Uh, students last Friday, like I said, they walked out, they protested, they walked two miles to the school district's offices. Uh, Cher, the singer Cher, Sonny and Cher, Cher, Cher uh, sent word to Marla Anderson, says, if you want to sue, I'll pay your expenses. Now, the Boys and Girls Club of Dane County uh, has hired him uh, while district officials uh, figure out what they're going to do. Figure out what you're going to do. Give the man his job back. Zero tolerance policy is never really zero tolerance, right? Because you, there's, there's always got to be context. 
He was telling the young man, who, by the way, was African-American, who was telling the young man, don't call me that word. Only he said it. He said the word. There's context there, and you can't ignore that. I mean, you really can't. That's crazy. Crazier than that is this nanny in Tampa, Florida, Marissa Mowry, 22. She got 20 years in prison for sexually abusing an 11-year-old boy and having his baby. She was 22 when the crime happened. She started molesting the unidentified victim when he was 11 years old, uh, got pregnant when he was 12. She's 28 now. He's 17. Their son is five. She was a living nanny, pled guilty to sexual battery, uh, where the teenage victim, their son, and the victim's mother were there. She abused this child 15 times. Now, the family thought she was pregnant by her boyfriend. But a DNA test later confirmed uh, that the 11-year-old son was the child's father. Now, the, the, the victim's mom says her son has grown into one of the most amazing dads you'll ever meet. He takes his five-year-old son to kindergarten in the morning on his way to high school, then plays with him in the yard after they both get home. But the victim did say being a teenage father has significantly impacted his social life because he says, who wants to date a 17-year-old who has a five-year-old son? She'll have to register as a sex offender when she gets out of prison. But yeah, he's 17 years old and has a five-year-old boy. Wow. She got 20 years. And you know what? She should have to do all of that. There's no, there's no uh, parole. There should be no parole. You've got to do the 20 years, man, in my opinion. I know they didn't ask me, but... You don't, crimes against children, there's no deals should be ever be cut to my way of thinking. But I'm just saying. What about the, uh, the white kid who spit on a black vis- visitor at the uh, Smithsonian, at the National Museum of African American History and Culture? Uh, the Shelton Public Schools in Connecticut confirmed in a Facebook post that one of its students did in fact spit on a black visitor at the National Museum of African American History and Culture during a recent class trip. The superintendent of the school said a group of students were recently thrown out of the Smithsonian's highly regarded African-American History Museum because a white male student spit on a black visitor at the museum. The superintendent added, this kind of action is not a reflection of who our students are or who we are as a community. Yes, it is. This is not the time or place to talk about consequences, but this is now regrettably a pattern of behavior that is disrespectful and does not deserve anyone, well, including the student who acted inappropriately and embarrassed himself and his school. Now, the superintendent says he isn't sure if it was racially motivated. Now, the principal tweeted and since deleted the tweet, what happened, in her opinion? The incident, uh, she says it allegedly hit a visitor, the spit. The student spit over a balcony and hit a visitor, a person of color. It was an act of stupidity, disinterest, and immaturity, but I believe not racially motivated against that person. Our kids are not bad people. We're all pretty sad tonight. Now, Greg Johnson, president of the uh, Ansonia Valley NAACP, says it was an assault, and it's spewing hate, a total and complete lack of respect. And First of all, who spits over a balcony when you're in, I mean, when you're outside, but when you're inside, you're inside of a building and you just hurl one. And you're going to let him hide behind the fact that he was a, he was a kid, didn't know any better. You could, or, or are you going to hide behind the fact that, that it was not racially motivated? He spit inside, inside the African-American museum. That's a slap in the face. Even if it hit no one, 
It was racist. It shows his disgust. He didn't know any better. Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. He absolutely knew better. Absolutely knew better. Come on, man. Hey, congratulations, Nicki Minaj. Apparently her and her, her boyfriend, Kenneth Zoo Petty, his nickname is Zoo. they got married on Monday, the 21st. Now, they went public with their relationship back in 2018. They actually dated when they were teenagers. He got in some kind of trouble when he was a teen. He was 15. He got accused of, of rape of some sort when, with a girl who was 16 and his girlfriend at the time. So he had to register as a sex offender. And uh, Nikki's pretty much been called out for dating a sex offender and a child rapist ever since their relationship went public. But she wasn't here for any of those comments. She actually bragged about him on her radio show. She does a queen radio internet show uh, earlier this year. She says, every night when I get out of the shower, my husband, she always called him her husband. My husband takes this really good lotion that we just bought and he massages my feet and he rubs them and he rubs each toe individually and the heel and the ball of my foot. And he does it all. (laughs) Nikki, shut up. (laughs) Oh, man, that is funny to me. They're saying Gemini Man by Will Smith is a flop and the studio could face $75 million in losses. The movie costs between $138 and $158 million to make. So there's $75 million in the hole. And it's only made, it's only made like $118 million. So they're, they're, they're not, well, I don't know. I'm not really sure how that always works, but, you know, Will's got bad boys, bad boys for life with Martin Lawrence coming in January. So there is that. I'm very happy to tell you that Kevin Hart is feeling good enough where he hung out with Jay-Z the other night. Jay-Z, Irv Gotti, and LeBron's dude, Maverick Carter. They were at Beverly Hills at Avra for about three hours. They were eating. They were playing poker. Kevin seemed to be moving around well, and that is good news. That is great news. Hey, I'm not sure if this is a hater move or not, but Michael Jordan was on the Today Show and said uh, Steph Curry is a great player, but he's not a Hall of Famer yet. Michael was asked what four people would he choose for a pickup game. Michael chose Hakeem Olajuwon, Scottie Pippen, Magic Johnson, and James Worthy. Now, all four of those gentlemen have been retired from the NBA for quite a while. So there's that. Michael was asked if Steph Curry should be offended that he ain't on the list. Michael says, I hope not. He's still a great player, but he's not a Hall of Famer yet. Now, for the record, Steph Curry is a three-time NBA champ, two-time MVP, six-time NBA All-Star, and considered one of the greatest shooters of all time. So I think Michael's just giving him a hard time. Just I'm sticking with the old, my old school boys that I played with. He didn't choose anybody who's currently playing. These all were people that he's played with. He didn't choose Larry Bird either, by the way. But Scotty, Magic, James Worthy, Hakeem Olajuwon, been retired, what, at least 20 years, right? Something like that anyway. Michael, by the way, says he doesn't play pickup games anymore. He says that because his hyper-competitive nature will kick in. I think it's because he could hurt himself. <laughs> that's what I'm just saying. Uh, that's, that's the deal on that. Van Lathan from TMZ got fired. What? Van Lathan was like a very important piece on TMZ Live. I love Van Lathan. He's got a podcast. Called the what is it the red green pill or the red the blue box pill or something some kind of podcast that's pretty good, but he got into a dispute with his coworker Michael Babcock. Page six says that on TMZ's online show about a week and a half ago they had some kind of disagreement. Their on-air face-off has been, had been edited out, but sources were saying they were sparring over politics, which increasingly 
has come between them. They say Van Lathan confronted Michael Babcock in the newsroom after the segment and told him there would be trouble if he, quote, ever embarrassed him like that again. Van Lathan met with the site's attorneys and was suspended, and then a few days later he was terminated. Now, people defending Van Lathan say that the site's high-pressure newsroom staffers are often pitted against each other for the sake of good TV. They say Van's not a mean-spirited guy at all. Anything that happened is a product of that environment. Van Lathan would not comment. Michael Babcock hung up on page six, and TMZ would even call page six back. So there's that. <laughs> I, I like Van, ha- Van Halen. I like Van Lathan a lot and think that he is, to me, he's all that. To me. Just saying. Woody Williams says she taught her son how to make it rain in a strip club. You know, she was in L.A. last week for, uh, to get a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And she says, I went to the hip-hop club. I went to the strip club. I taught my son and nephew how to make it rain. Normally, that's a father's job, but he's busy. <laughs> she, takes, she takes a shot at Kevin Hunter every stinking chance she gets. <laughs> she also uh, had a dinner thrown in her honor uh, by reality star Jason Lee. Tiana Taylor was there. Cynthia Bailey was there. Jason Derulo was there. Nick Cannon. Drake's dad, Dennis Graham, was there. And Wendy says, Drake, just so you know, I could be your stepmother. Your father was very, very thirsty for the win. It was cute, though. <laughs> Go, Wendy. Go, Wendy. What about Tupac Shakur being arrested the other day? Tony, he's dead. No, Tupac A. Shakur, 40 years old. Take it into custody last Saturday night after allegedly threatening police with a knife. Johnson City police were trying to arrest him on a warrant when he, quote, attempted to lunge towards them with a knife in his hand before being taken to the ground. Police said a syringe and multiple bags of methamphetamine were also found on Tupac Shakur. When officers arrived at the scene, they reported seeing Tupac leaving in the car. When they tried to detain him, they say Tupac lunged at them with a knife. He's being held on $18,000 bond, charged with aggravated assault, resisting arrest, meth possession, and unlawful drug paraphernalia. And for the record, he is heavily tattooed. Not sure if Thug Life is tatted on him. This Tupac Shakur is a white guy. I'm just telling you what it says here, man. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just telling you what it says, man. Man. Let's see, I told you about that. Elton John uh, has a book out called Me. And he talked about Michael Jackson in the book. He said that uh, Michael was mentally ill. But he also talked about Tina Turner and says that Tina Turner was mean as hell to him. She told him, you wear too much Versace and it makes you look fat. You got to wear Armani. <laughs> she, was, she was team Armani. He also says, incredibly, our working relationship got worse. In rehearsals, they toured together. Tina wouldn't address any of the musicians in my band by their name. She just pointed and she'd say, hey, you. And we started playing Proud Mary. And it sounded great, but Tina stopped the song unhappy. She pointed at his bass player and says, it's you. You're doing it wrong. Uh, Bob Birch, the bass player, says, I assure you I am not doing it wrong. So they started to play again. Tina says, stop, stop, stop. It's the drummer's fault this time. She, he, Elton says, this went on for a while. Every member of the band got accused of messing up until it was his turn. She pointed her finger at Elton John and says, it's you. You're not playing it right. She said he Elton says he told Tina Turner to stick her song up her (laughs) and he walked off. He says that they're cool, though. They're in a good place. He says that uh, uh, 
they made up. She came for dinner and left a big lipstick kiss in the visitor's book, and it's all good. So there's that. So do you know who Pastor David Wilson is? Pastor David Wilson uh, is accused, some people on Twitter said he was doing the Lord's work. Apparently there's a video out there of him having oral sex with a woman. And the woman is not his wife. David E. Wilson of Bible Way Ministries and World Reach Out. A family member of Pastor Wilson says they do not know for sure if the video was real. The family member also said that whoever was spreading the video was trying to become famous off the pastor's name. It went viral across various social media platforms, and for whatever reason, the pastor thought it'd be a good idea for him to comment on this. That's stupid. Use your common sense. I couldn't agree more. But here's what the pastor said in the video. I have messed up the mindset of some of you phony, fake ass, not doing a damn thing in the community, holier than thou as church folk. First of all, you. Okay. Second of all, you have an issue with me being on a picture with a beautiful black woman. Let me set the record straight. I am a pastor, first of all, that feeds the hungry. I'm a pastor that has a girls and boys and a woman's mentoring program. I teach empowerment on a daily basis. Yes, I'm a pastor that likes, can I say it again? I like, I'm a real man. I'm real about who I am. And remember that God made woman for the man. So you phony, fake ass folk, when you're doing the things that I do in the community, then you got something to say. Other than that, on this Tuesday, fuck you. That's courtesy of Twitter, by the way. A couple things here. You know, pastor, pro tip here, man. You're never going to win that battle. You're never going to win that battle. You, you wasted your time and you made yourself look really, really bad using language like that. You're a man of God. He's a human. He is a human. But he's held to a higher standard. I mean, he, he is. He's a pastor. He has a congregation. You should have never have even commented on it. Never said a word. Especially when you're angry. Because now you, you look really guilty. You look really bad. You look, you look real bad, bro. <laughs> you do. You do. You look bad, man. You shouldn't have said it. You shouldn't have said anything. You should have just kept that one to yourself and kept it moving because what you said is, uh, wasn't very Christ-like. It wasn't very pastor-like. It wasn't even you. It wasn't you. you. You'll admit that, Pastor. That wasn't you. You know what I've noticed as I've gotten older in life is uh, being the macho man really ain't nothing. There's nothing to that. It's a myth. Be a human. Be, be a human. Be a servant of the Lord. That's what being a man is all about. Because that other thing, that bravado, that whole thing like that, the older you are, and when you play that bravado card, you look like an imbecile. You look like a fool. I mean, you do. <laughs> I don't know how else to put that. So I'll just, I'll just leave that right there because I just don't think you were very smart, Pastor, with all due respect. Never met you. If I do meet you one day, I hope, I, I hope I'm worthy enough to shake your hand. But nah, man, that was, uh, that was not the move, bro. Not the move at all. Uh, let's see what else. Prince's estate 
released an unheard acoustic demo for I Feel For You. It was released to salute the 40th anniversary of Prince's self-titled second album. That happened last Thursday the 17th. It's now available on streaming platforms and a limited 7-inch vinyl that features the new version on one side and the original recording on the other. The estate said in a statement, the special stripped-down demo recording captures a 20-year-old Prince in a raw, intimate moment and begins with the sound of the artist pressing the record button on the cassette tape player and picking up the acoustic guitar. Now, you know, Shaka Khan had a huge, huge hit when she covered the song back in 1984. She won two Grammys. She did. Have you heard this special unreleased version of I Feel For You from Prince featuring him, a cassette player, and an acoustic guitar? Well, check this out. That is courtesy of the Prince's State. What'd you think? That's the demo version. I mean, I doubt if it gets any airplay other than to mention that it got released. It will be in regular rotation. Probably not. But that's pretty. I've always found that fascinating. I have like demo versions of lots of songs, Lionel Richie, some some Babyface stuff. And I always find it fascinating. What were they thinking? And to top that off, how did that version right there end up? At Shaka Khan's cover version, which was like a huge dance record, right? What was the process for getting there? Who, who says, you know what? I could put a funky beat under this and we could turn it out. And they did. I'm not criticizing anybody. I've always been fascinated, though, on the process of that. Maybe I should start a podcast on that. Deep grooves. Don't be stealing my ideas, man. <laughs> don't, don't steal my ideas, damn it. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you, man. And uh, get well to... Lady Gaga was in concert, and I don't know what happened. She had somebody up from the audience, and she thought she'd mount him, and that didn't turn out well because he wasn't really ready for that, and she fell like 15 feet. My shoe! <laughs> Come on. She apparently went to the—she was okay. She finished the show, but she did get checked out, and supposedly reports say that almost every inch of her body was x-rayed to make sure that she's okay. I mean, she is a world-class performer, a very good singer, and uh, a brand. And you got to take care of the brand, right? You got to take care of the brand. The Supreme Court of the United States is uh, considering reducing the sentence of uh, Lee Boyd Malvo. You're thinking, where do I know that name from? Lee Boyd Malvo. Where, where do I know? Lee Boyd Malvo, who along with uh, John Muhammad, they were the D.C. sniper back in the day. Remember that? Remember that when they were killing people just for the hell of it? John Muhammad was executed in 2009, by the way. And uh, Lee Board Malvo was 17 
when he and John Muhammad killed 10 random people in Virginia, Washington, D.C., and Maryland. This was in 2002. Lee Board Malvo originally got 10 life sentences. Four of them have been thrown out. In 2012, the Supreme Court ruled in Miller v. Alabama that life without parole for minors is unconstitutional. And he wants to be resentenced for the crimes in Virginia. So there's that. Now, people say that there's very little chance. He may, he may get his sentence reduced, but there's very little chance he'll, he'll ever sniff freedom. That's probably never going to happen. Of course, uh, last week, Representative Elijah Cummings passed away. He was 68 years old. Uh, His death resulted from, quote, complications concerning longstanding health challenges. They was not elaborated on what actually caused his passing as of this recording. His funeral will be later this week. He's lying in state at uh, Capitol Hill, I think. Uh, good dude, man. Good, good man. Mark Clark, my, my best friend, my brother, uh, actually had some interactions with Elijah Perry. Mark does a feature on his radio show on WHUR called On The Mark, and he spoke about uh, Representative Cummings and uh, was very, very awesome comments that he made about uh, an interaction one time with Elijah Cummings, who was going to be missed. Everybody says he was a giant He was a giant in uh, politics and on the world stage. Even the president said uh, something nice about him. He says, my warmest condolences to the family and many friends of Congressman Elijah Cummings. I got to see firsthand the strength, passion and wisdom of this highly respected political leader. His work and voice on so many fronts will be very hard, if not impossible to replace. That's what he put on Twitter. Obviously, the president didn't write that. Let's just keep it 100. He did not write that. And the president is like, uh, man, is he coming apart? What, what, what is going on? What is going on with this dude? Right. He has said uh, this week that he wants Republicans to fight harder for him. They got to get tougher and fight. He says we have some that are great fighters, but they have to get tougher and fight because the Democrats are trying to hurt the Republican Party for the election. He's talking about the impeachment inquiry. Is it an inquiry or inquiry? Anyway. Dude, they're not there to fight for you, man. You broke the law. <laughs> you, you, you broke the law. Even the president said uh, this week, yesterday, I think, that uh, he says that he's being lynched. Someday, if a Democrat becomes president and Republicans win the House, even by a tiny margin, they can impeach the president without due process or fairness or any legal rights. All Republicans must remember what they are witnessing here, a lynching. But we will win. Black lawmakers and at least one Republican want him to retract the comment. He's not going to do that. But he's been feeling the heat lately and he's losing it. He's called the impeachment inquiry illegitimate, a coup and a bull. You know what? He's not happy right now. Him not happy. Him not happy at all right now. He wants the Republicans to do a better job of fighting for him. It's coming apart. And uh, yesterday, I don't know if you uh, have been keeping up, but uh, who was the guy that went in? Bill Taylor. The ambassador to the Ukraine. He testified behind closed doors. And when he was done, they're saying, yo, yo, man, 
Even the MSE, MSNBC anchor Nicole Wallace, she says that the impeachment inquiry was turbocharged by what Bill Taylor said. Donald Trump's impeachment may have been turbocharged today by the testimony of career diplomat Bill Taylor, who NBC News is reporting draws a direct line to President Trump demanding an investigation in exchange for military aid for the Ukraine, is what Nicole Wallace says. And there's all kinds of tweets saying that, yo, this is on a whole nother level. They were not expecting this. Representative Debbie Wasserman Schultz of Florida says it was just the most damning testimony I've heard. Wow. William Taylor prompted sighs and gasp when he read a lengthy 15-page opening statement, two sources said. That's crazy. That's, man, I don't know, man. And Eric Trump, the president's, uh, what is he, the second son? You know, the whole thing with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, and he says, how do people like get in politics and try to do a, basically he says, and try to do a come up. What's up with that? Who does that? Stupid. Who does that? Uh, You, (laughs) your brother, your sister. (laughs) Come on. Really? Eric Trump is, he's like Fredo from the Corleone family, right? He was a slow one. He was a slow one. He's a slow one, right? I don't know, man. I don't know. The president also uh, on Monday dismissed criticism that his uh, reverse plan to host the Group 7, the G7 summit at his Doral property in Miami led to an ethics violation. Quote, you people with this phony emoluments uh, clause. (laughs) He said he called it a phony clause. It's in the Constitution, man. It's literally it's in the Constitution. It is in there. It prohibits elected federal officials from receiving gifts or contributions from foreign governments. Which means that he cannot he cannot, you know, make money off of off of. Didn't he say when he became president that he was putting the business, his businesses in his children's hands? Yet he still pimps out. And you know what? This was planned the whole time. And now it's starting to unravel a little bit. And he doesn't understand government. They say he's a businessman. And when you're a businessman and you write a check for something, you expect something in return. In regards to the Ukraine. But that's that's not how it works in government, though. We have checks and balances. See, when you run your own business and you control all the stock, you make your own deals. You do things your way. Now, you may get sued. And I think he's proof of that. He's been sued hundreds of times, but you cannot as a president of the United States be doing stuff like that because again, there are checks and balances. Just saying, I'm just saying Hillary Clinton apparently has come for Tulsi Gabbard, who is uh, the Hawaiian politician running for president. She's, she's alleged that Moscow is grooming Tulsi for a third party run, not a Republican or a Democrat, but a third party, hoping to split the Democratic vote and get the president reelected in 2020. Now, Tulsi has said that she will not do an independent bid for president. And she says that Hillary Clinton is a personification of the rot that has sickened the Democratic Party. The problem for Tulsi is, is that Trump have come to her defense. 
And that's not really good. She's polling low. You know what? This whole Democratic presidential run, it's time to thin the herd. Right. Julian Castro says, you know what? If I don't have eight hundred thousand dollars by the next debate, I'm going to I'm going to give it up. Give it up now, man, because you're not going to be. And I love Julian Castro. Julian Castro. But he ain't going to be the president. Okay, it's not going to happen. Beto, love you, Beto. Not going to happen. Okay, it's not Andrew Yang. Love you, dude. There's a lot of great candidates. It just ain't going to happen. I think Bernie, Biden, Elizabeth Warren. I think that might be it. Kamala, yeah, shot, long shot at best. These other guys, they have no shot. Buttigieg, he's in the same, he's in the same boat with Kamala, long shot at best. But everybody else, and that's a wrap, man. It's a wrap. John Delaney, who the hell are you? With all due respect, I never even heard of you, man. You know, Marianne Williamson, you didn't even make the stage for the last debate. So it's a wrap, man. Come on, y'all, y'all got to, for the good of the country, y'all need to bail now. Let's get serious with this thing. Come on, man. Y'all, y'all taking in water. You know, Cory Booker, love you, dude. Amazing dude. Had a chance to talk to him one time, but no, man. You know, it just ain't your time. I'm not saying that your policies won't work. It just ain't your time right now. Not going to happen. Mitch McConnell, the Republican senator from Kentucky, apparently his history on impeachment ain't really good for the GOP. He opposed a motion to dismiss articles of impeachment in 1999, calling the Democratic proposal to quickly dismiss the trial of then-President Clinton a terrible idea. He was in the chairman of the Senate Rules Committee back then, and he made it clear he thought the Constitution required the Senate to hold a full trial on the articles of impeachment that Clinton was facing for perjury and obstruction of justice. Mitch McConnell's past position was going to make it kind of tough for him to, to try to get any motion to dismiss a Senate trial through on this impeachment thing because he's already been against that. You're going to have to have that. He don't want to have the trial. He's going to have to have the trial. You got to do the trial, man. And I think him and Lindsey Graham, I'm not saying they, they, that they're now woke, but they're waking, if that's the right way to put it. Now, will they wake in time to become woke before, before you know, we become a, a uh, territory of, of Russia? I don't know. I don't know. The Supreme Court, in another defeat for gerrymandering reformers, overturned a lower court's ruling that Michigan's electoral districts are overly partisan and need to be withdrawn. So there's that. And, you know, some people actually believe that Elijah Cummings was taken from us by God as punishment for opposing Trump. A lot of far right Christian fundamentalists are saying that that, that, that's exactly what it was. It was the work of God for Elijah Cummings to die because he opposed President Donald Trump. Christian fundamentalist Stacey Shiflett was on the Chris McDonald's program, uh, the MC file. She said she believed that Trump was sent by God to govern America and that Cummings helped lead a, quote, crooked, deceptive, demonic attempt to remove Trump from office. Everything that he's done has been nothing but trying to take this president out. I believe that God has had enough. And God moved. Christian fundamentalist Dave Dubbenmeyer 
described Representative Cummings as an enemy of the cross and says maybe he didn't know Jesus. He went on to say, I haven't been sitting around praying that Elisha Cummings would die, but now that he did, I'm glad he's gone. I bet he's not a pro-choice now. I bet he's not pro-homo now. Radio host Jesse Lee Peterson says that Elijah Cummings dared to take on the, quote, great white hope and paid for it with his life. If you notice John McCain, he's dead. Elijah Cummings, now he's dead. They didn't like the great white hope. They went against him. They talked about him. Now they're all dead. Don't mess with the great white hope, he tells Trump opponents. You see what happens? Don't mess with God's children. Man. This is that Jim Jones cult thing, huh? That's kind of like what, that's where we are with this, right? It's kind of like that Jim Jones, that, yeah, well, no, man, I don't know. That's, that's crazy. That's bananas, man. People have lost their minds, you know? I, I don't think there's any such organization as evangelicals anymore, not the way it was. You can't be an, a follower of Christ and believe that this man is, is, is the, the, the great white hope? Come on, man. I've said this before, and I'll say, because I got I to wrap this up, but I'll say this before. The problem with this country right now is this. These white folks who have a real problem with how the country is changing are trying, this is their last stand in their eyes, that if we don't grab it now, those people are going to take over. Those people meaning people who look like you and me mostly. And what the point they're missing is, is that nobody wants to take over anything. And if you follow the Constitution, there are checks and balances to keep that from happening. Right? The checks and balances right now are apparently suspended because this president has run amok with the Constitution and basically wiped his ass with it. If I'm keeping it 100. I'm just saying that's what he, that's what he did. So I say that to say this. The change happens. It's inevitable. Change happens. Technology has changed the world. Uh, the, the millennials have changed the world. People have changed the world. It, the world keeps evolving. You know, people, I think most people, well, I'm not even going to say that. A lot of people, a lot of people of color, understand what make America great again means. It means make America 1955 again where people who look like you and me knew what our place was. And that's what these followers want. This is their last stand. This is what they want to do. And they are frightened. They're scared to death. They're going to lose their country. And that's, that's not going to happen. That was never going to happen. That was never going to happen. It's like when, they, when Obama won the presidency the first time. And they were scared, thinking that now this country is going to become, you know, black folks are going to run the country. That was never going to happen. That was never the intent. But they're scared. And all they got to do is do their research. And they will understand that that's not how it works. So there. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Uh, Tony Scott getting out of here. Thanks so much to Allison and Mark for letting me be on uh, their app with a show that I do once a week. Hope you can share this. Hope uh, you enjoyed it. And follow me on all things social media at Tony Scott Media. Have a uh, great week. And you and me again next week. All right. Peace. Peace.